The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? to the two-man power trip of a wrestling i am your host jp john paz and with me today is mr hmg himself rbv what's going on rick hey uh thank you pause looking forward to this conversation but you know what I, I was on the fence if i should go with that mr hmg but you know what i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna ride it yes 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 it is me it's me mr hmg the art of the beat of the v richard bronson vickery and I'm sorry, I you know, it's usually I, I try just doing this with me and you. But yes, riding my coattails. He is he is here with us. Uh my brother from the Hitting the Marks podcast. I'll, I'll let you go ahead and introduce him. He is Mr. H B J himself, Michael Jargo. Jargo, how are you doing today, sir? Uh well, number one, pause. Thank you for having me on. It's it's my first yeah. time here at the two man power trip. Although we we have done a couple of shows together now, and of course, my favorite Huckleberry, the real RBV. So many damn initials flying around here. You'd think that we would be talking about Rob Van Dam today, but uh, no, I'm going with HBJ because uh, we're my position anyway. We're going to be talking about the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Pause. I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in you that I even have to be here today uh, because Rick had brought up to me that you guys were having this conversation. You, who is the real Mr. WrestleMania? And I was like, it's Shawn Michaels. Like, I, I didn't even have to think about it for more than a quarter of a second. And now in doing my research over the course of the last 48 hours since I found out this was happening, I'm th- without a doubt beyond any question, there's nobody that even compares to the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. I expected better from you, Paz. Oh, man. You believe this, RBV? He's attacked me already on my own show. <laughs> Can you believe this? But obviously, today the episode is, who is the real Mr. WrestleMania? Who is Mr. WrestleMania? And we'll get into that. But I guess the real first thing to do, since you brought him up, since you mentioned the heartbreak kid, let's talk about Shawn Michaels, the man that's christened Mr. WrestleMania. The reason why I maybe wouldn't give him WrestleMania wouldn't be match quality or anything else. How many main events were you in? And he was in a couple, yes, uh, I believe four or five. Well, we'll get into the exact amounts. But how many of the WrestleManias are put on his back where it's like you're carrying WrestleMania, you got to be the draw? So that's my one thing about him. Plus, I'll have another little point to make about him. But that's just my thing. It's like when you think about WrestleMania, you think about the draw of the show. He wasn't necessarily always the draw of the show. And I and I know, Jargo, you're going to kind of disagree with that. I, I completely disagree with that because to me, one of the draws of WrestleMania in itself became who Shawn Michaels wrestling, you know, like there, there, there's two guys that you really had that with who's the undertaker wrestling, who is Shawn Michaels wrestling and the best of the undertaker matches is when he was wrestling Shawn Michaels. So, I mean, it, it, it it's to me, the HBK match almost became a draw all in itself, very much like the streak. And that didn't need the main event because it was already a draw in itself. RBV, I see you kind of disagreeing. What's going on? Well, you, you, going into this thing, and you're right, you know, for us three to sit down and have this conversation, I, I kind of triggered this as positive, as we were it's talking. your fault, Rick. We were talking. Well, not my fault. I think the listener should be thanking <laughs> me, thanking me because you know it was me that was torn in the middle. It, it kind of spoke to each of you gentlemen about this thing. You know, going back, Paz and I were ranking and we were talking about the top five WrestleMania matches of all time. And it, it kind of spun off into, okay, who really of, of these performers has defined the spectacle of spectacles, you know, the, the, the grandest stage for the WWE. And, and in that conversation, you know, it's, you know, 
lot of people just immediately go with who has been anointed that that gimmick, Shawn Michaels. But as we started talking about it, I could see these arguments for these other individuals. So then in, in turn from there, the next time we recorded the Hitting the Marks podcast, I posed the question to Jargo, and he immediately, Shawn Michaels, but, you know, instead of dismissing me, he brought some fire. He he backed it up. He had some support. So coming into this conversation, I, I kind of want to be that, that middle person because I'm still on the fence here. I can see the arguments from a number of different directions supporting a number of superstars. So we're going to see if uh, I'll get around my usual pleading the fifth. I will have a definitive answer and belief of who is the true WrestleMania by the end of our discussion. I feel like with him, it's like, okay, he's Mr. WrestleMania. Maybe. So I talked to a few members of the clique, most specifically a member of the clique that wrestled him at WrestleMania and had a fantastic match. He said Shawn Michaels would take the summers off and dog it and not really wrestle. And this is not just him saying this. Brett said a lot of wrestlers said it. Take all this time off. Take this summer off. Take it easy. Get prepared. Get ready. Even have a month off occasionally, like before WrestleMania 12 gets a whole month off and Brett's wrestling house shows and stuff. He would say he would on purpose take this time off and take it easy and maybe not give his all until it became WrestleMania season because it was so heightened. He knew that's when he had to excel and do also do you know all this greatness. That's where I give him a point off because if you got Brett and all these other guys working their ass off all year round, this guy only wow. cares about WrestleMania season. That's where you get like, no wonder you're Mr. WrestleMania. These other guys are probably hurt and everything else. You're a hundred percent, not always, but you're in great shape. You're healthy. You're preparing for this while taking other months off. Even if you're wrestling, you're taking off. Man, you, you know, what's interesting about that. And uh, number one of the things to me, that is a point in Sean's column is Really, either one of Shawn Michaels' careers, we could be having this conversation about, right? Because there's that five-year break, mm-hmm. right? With, with, when Shawn was dealing with his back issues. The the first era of Shawn Michaels and the whole Mr. WrestleMania thing, to me, was more about watching somebody start at the beginning of the card in tag team matches. And then you go all the way up through you know, the boyhood dream, the Iron Man match, right? So, like, that's a great WrestleMania career in itself. But I think everybody kind of acknowledges Shawn Michaels was a very different person during that run than when he came back from the injury. You were dealing with a very, very different person. But I guess the argument could be made even for dickhead Shawn Michaels, right? That was just smart. That's when the most I, eyes are on you. That's when you need to turn it up. I mean, we, we we see this, excuse me, we see this now, even like in New Japan, right? Like the after Wrestle Kingdom, up until about the G1, all your big stars, okay, now is the time when I take a month off. Now is the time when I'm working in six-man tags. This is when I'm going easy. And then G1 through Wrestle Kingdom, it's full bore. Here we go. And we're like, oh yeah, we get that. That makes sense. Is is this Shawn Michaels thing not exactly the same thing? I was gonna say what's what's really interesting with the points there is you they could go either way. I mean, I absolutely see where there is maybe some resentment, possibly jealousy at some points of mm-hmm. and this guy's phoning it in while we're out here busting our ass year round, every night, making every town, giving it the you know, one hundred percent each arena. But also, you're talking about a big stage player, a big game baller. Is it a stroke of brilliance to say, you know, save it to when it's most important, when you know you're going to get those big paydays, when you're going to get the, the most spotlight, that shine on you? Again, that's one of those points I can see in on both sides. I mean, we see it in, in major sports. The NBA is, you know, very noticeable. I was just thinking about LeBron or, or, you know, the Clippers with their game management, you know, load management, whatever you want to call it. Right, you know, it, I hate it too, but save it for when it counts. When you know, the playoffs on a, on a, hit, they're not doing it. On a Tuesday night in February and the Lakers are in Memphis. You bet. Guess who's probably not going to play? Yep. Yeah, Sucks, and and, and yep. from a fan's perspective, you know, as somebody who's a fan of the NBA, I hate it. Going back to this HBK thing in that first run, yeah, if I'm another one of the workers, I absolutely hate it. But from Sean's perspective, it completely makes sense. 
I just want to run through the matches. I'll just run through them real quick. I'll say good, great, whatever. But just after I'm done with the matches, then I'll, I'll bring you guys back in just for a second. I just want to say WrestleMania 5, Twin Towers in a loss. Not that wins and losses matter, but just going to throw that out there as well. Orient Express, WrestleMania 6 and a loss. Both those matches, I do like them a lot. I think they're both good. Uh, Haku and Barbarian, the Rockers get the win. Great match. Um, maybe not great. I don't say good match, but I love that match. The Tito match is good. He gets the win. Loses to Tatanka, WrestleMania 9. Okay match. Wouldn't say great, but it was good, but not 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 great. I will say this. It's the best Tatanka match I've ever seen. Probably, yes, yes. I guess in Michael's level, it's like, okay, but Tatanka level, oh, great job. Uh, WrestleMania 10, great match and a loss to Rachel Ramon. WrestleMania 11, I, lo- I love it. Great match against Diesel and a loss. WrestleMania 12, he uh, beats Bret Hart. I think that's a great match. Some people have different opinions. I think it's a great match. Uh, maybe it could have been shorter, would have been better, but whatever. It's, it's a great match. WrestleMania 13, he no-shows, even though he does a flip off the top rope and his knee is absolutely fine. Po- a point off <laughs> because he could have been wrestling on that card in his prime. Uh, WrestleMania 14, a loss to Steve Austin. Great match. WrestleMania 19, his return. Great match with Jericho. WrestleMania 20 versus Benoit versus Triple H in a loss. Great, great match. WrestleMania 21 against Kurt Angle, a loss. Great match. Not my favorite, though, but great match. WrestleMania 22 versus Vince McMahon in a win. Not a big fan of it, but it's a good Vince match. And for what it was with all the interference, it was good. WrestleMania 23 against Cena. I really liked that. I thought that was a great match and a loss. WrestleMania 24, great match against Flair. Obviously, he wins that one. Flair retires, a lot of emotion. WrestleMania 25 and a 26 versus The Undertaker. Both great matches. 25, I'd say, is an all-timer. Career record, 6 and 11. Not that that matters wow. at WrestleMania. And, and the other one that we has to be addressed is WrestleMania 27, Triple H versus Undertaker, but the entire story is built around Shawn Michaels. Him as the referee. It's funny. I thought he did better in that match than Triple H, but I mean, I'm crazy, but there you go. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, really, it's really HBK versus Taker 3. I mean, that that's really what the story was. It was just, it was Triple H versus Undertaker. Great match. Um well, great performance from him. I don't know about great match overall, but it was it was a good match. As far as being Mr. WrestleMania, so let's just say great matches count. So that'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You could say fair, maybe eleven great matches at WrestleMania. Pretty damn impressive. I was gonna say looking at this thing of the seventeen matches that he's had there, uh eight of them truly stand out to me. Okay. Uh, and, I, I mean, that's in that inside of itself. I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment. It, you look at this level, and as Jarko said, from starting, you know, at, at, you know, popcorn matches, tag division, rising through the ranks, really defining yourself through the mid card towards that main event, and then to a spot where you don't necessarily need to be the main event, but in marquee spots. Uh, an incredible run. Certainly can't take anything away there from him. You got it. You know, really looking back. Maybe, and it, I, I truly did, that first go-around with The Undertaker, that, you know, the, the light versus the darkness, incredible storytelling. I mean, it's just made you, you were emotionally charged for that. And, you know, on so many levels, that and then probably that runner-up there where he broke out, where you truly said, okay, this guy is it, the ladder match with Razor Ramon. I think Match, match quality, great. As, as I look at HBK's career, one of the things that I try to think of is obviously did HBK get more over during that match than he already was. And number two, how did the opponents fare? And every match that he had, both guys got over whether Shawn Michaels won, whether Shawn Michaels lost, whether the Rockers won, whether the Rockers lost. I mean, even going back, WrestleMania 5, Rockers Twin Towers, okay, kind of the debut of Shawn Michaels on that stage. WrestleMania 6, that match is seriously underrated with the Rockers and the Orient Express and the entire feud that was, especially, it was almost like the feud was more with Mr. Fuji than it was the actual guys inside of the Orient Express, which was kind of cool. WrestleMania 7, though, is the one that I really wanted to, like, kind of look at here. And it's kind of, it's not the most talked about Shawn Michaels match of all time, right? Like, the Rockers versus the Barbarian and Haku, 
to me, this kind of changed the business because this is the first time I remember like the opening hot tag match, which would become a standard. I mean, AEW still does it today. NXT has done it forever where you have that opening tag team contest that is just super hot. You go back and watch that match. People are absolutely losing their minds. Shawn Michaels also, that's the first time I remember HBK being the hot tag guy. And he has that entire crowd in the palm of his hand against the Barbarian and freaking Haku. Well, I was going to say, I don't want to take like it away the from the smallest guy in the ring and he's getting the hot tag. I don't want to take anything away from the Barbarian Haku. I'm just, I'm kind of looking at this thing and remembering, I mean, wow, what a force of a team that, that was. Right. And, and what could have been with them? But Jarger, you're exactly right. And, you know, maybe we, we look at that and we can look towards the Rockers and more specifically Shawn Michaels as what we see in modern and across the board in modern wrestling. If it's tag team or not, you're looking for that high energy, supercharged opener instead yep. of that traditional. OK, we'll go out there and warm up the crowd a little bit. And that step by step by step, you know, we build up now it's boom, we're out of the gate running. And maybe we have the Rockers and Shawn Michaels to thank for that. It's crazy to think like it, the rockers versus the barbarian and Haku, the, the young bucks versus God could go out and do that exact match move for move today. And it would be the best match on the show. Yeah. Yep. And it's interesting with Michaels because I know some people don't care for the diesel match, but it is a good match. Some people don't like the Vince McMahon match, but in, in essence, I know there's a lot of chicanery and there's a lot of uh, schmas going on where there's a ton of outside interference and there's all this stuff, but that match is still pretty good. He never really had a bad mania match, which is pretty impressive. I just well, think kind some of, of the kind matches are almost overlooked sometimes. Kind of like I, I said about Tatanka, like at WrestleMania nine, Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka opener for the Intercontinental Championship. Probably the best Tatanka match that I've ever seen. You could make an argument that WrestleMania 11, Shawn Michaels versus Diesel, you can make an argument that's the best Kevin Nash match. It's up there. Yep. I mean, unless you want to consider the finger poke of doom, which I was going to say, hey, dude, are you dismissing the Goldberg match, the classic of all time? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he had more memorable. They're more memorable matches, but as far as a, a, an actual wrestling match, WrestleMania 11, Diesel versus HBK, that might be the best Kevin Nash match. Very good. He did have a great match against Michaels at uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies as well. They then in your house right after WrestleMania 12. That was a great match. He had a couple really good matches against Brett, too, that he even says are some of his best. Um, but, yeah, when you're having like that high of quality matches, you have to pay attention to the other guy in the ring. You know what I mean? Like the Michaels in this case, like, oh, wow, Nash is having a great match. Well, maybe it has to do with Michaels more so than Nash. Let me ask you guys this. I'm doing the Google thing here and I'm having trouble narrowing it down. Maybe you can help me out with this. When did when did the moniker come about when they tagged him with that? OK, we we're going to dub him and ride with this thing as he is Mr. WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania 12, the boyhood dream. Not That's that not early. That's what that was the first time that they called him Mr. WrestleMania. And then I remember at 19 when he came back, they were really like sending I, that. That's home. what I was kind of I remembered around then when they really were hammering at home at that point. But even going back that early, Jargo, interesting. Yep. And my favorite out of the entire HBK WrestleMania matches, and I, I those Undertaker matches are incredible and they are the best matches, but my favorite is still WrestleMania 14 versus Austin. And it's just, it's knowing where Sean was at that point in time. It's incredible. He could even walk to the ring, let alone go out there, put on the show that he did. And that's what really kicked off the Austin era, the attitude era. Like that was kind of the well, big changing of the guard. You know, we, we talked about this on, on the hitting marks. Paz and I talked about it last week where we gave props, you know, he went out there, he fulfilled his end. He gave the best potential, you know, possible showing he could. And it, you know, it projected Austin to the, the heights that, you know, we never imagined uh, where it changed, you know, forever the game. But now going back to what we we're talking about, knowing the spot, knowing the importance, knowing that the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson is there. Was, was this just another business move? 
by Shawn Michaels knowing, I don't care what it is, I need to be out there. So maybe he's not doing it for Steve Austin. He's not doing it for the WWE. He's not doing it for any other reason than he damn well knows Shawn Michaels is going to move forward, continue to prosper, no matter win or lose, because I got to be out there with Iron Mike in this main event. The punch that he takes from Tyson at the end of WrestleMania 14, the way he drops just out, you would think that was a shoot, like just straight up knockout. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I Tyson just hauls off, hits, and he's out like a sack of potatoes. So if you're Shawn Michaels, if you're Shawn Michaels at this point, you're thinking, if I've done wrestling, I need something that the entire world's going to see my face. So whatever next platform I move towards, I already got a running start going into that. Well, and I, I don't think that Shawn Michaels in his mind, especially at that time, thought I'm going to be out for the next five years. Might have been. I mean, he, he's a pretty smart. You, we know the politics. We know how he's moved up. He's a pretty smart SOB. Yeah, but we, we also know that he found Christ. He got married. He started his family. Like the Shawn Michaels that would return versus Jericho at WrestleMania 19 was not the same Shawn Michaels that walked to the ring against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, well, we have people close to us in our circles that would say, oh, that's a work. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you want to assume that everything is a work, then, you know, you can how assume injured, that everything if, is a work. If you look back to WrestleMania 14, how injured is his back really? Because he does do this kip up. Could that just be adrenaline? Is he playing it up? Because that's the thing with him. He had that Lloyd's of London insurance policy. They always say, like WrestleMania 13, we're just talking about, he kind of faked that knee injury a bit. Everyone said he was faking it. He did a flip off the top into the ring, landed on his knee, even teased that it was fine. So, I mean, and, and he literally didn't get surgery. He just went to rehab, and he was right back in a few months. So it's one of those things, like, how injured was he really? There's a, there's two moments that I will point out at WrestleMania 14 that just add so much context to how much pain he is in. Number one, he goes to do the, the flip over the top rope spot that you know Flair did, that Hunter did for forever. And I don't know what the hell the deal was, if he just landed wrong or if Austin just threw him too hard or what, but he bounces off of the turnbuckle upside down as he goes back first into the turnbuckle. And from that point on, um, that back is absolutely bothering him. At one point, he goes over to pick up Austin in the middle of the ring and he bends over to pick him out, oh, to like grab him by the head and pick him up and he can't. And like just clear as day, WrestleMania 14, all the cameras in the world, fuck, <laughs> you know, like and, and he's just like, you can just see it on his face. And he has to like go down almost like in an Indian kind of position to grab Austin by the head and pick him up because he cannot physically bend over. It's incredible. Now, you said that it's just interesting to me. And I'm just thinking, I was like, okay, kayfabe wise, Michaels is six and 11 at WrestleMania. It's just funny if you think about it on paper, the streak with Undertaker or whatever, it's like built upon wins. So in one instance, they're talking about wins, kayfabe-wise, he's the streak, he's he's great at Mania, Undertaker. Michaels, they're saying he's great at WrestleMania. If, you, if you're going kayfabe-wise, like, no, he doesn't. He stinks. He lost 11 times. Right. So it's funny. They're going by work rate in his matches. So it's interesting the way even that they build some of these guys, some are kayfabe, some aren't. I, I And then as you get into the second career of Shawn Michaels, as he returns from this injury, he goes on this run of matches that is just absolutely ridiculous at WrestleMania. The, the match at 19 against Jericho is so oh. underrated. I don't know why people don't talk about that match more often. WrestleMania 20 might be the best main event in WrestleMania history. And that one, I understand why we don't talk about it. And that's because right. it's Chris Benoit. But as far as a singles triple threat match goes, that might be the best main event in WrestleMania history. That match is freaking incredible. If you want to see a triple threat done right, that's the match to go watch. But of course, Chris Benoit was in it, so we don't even acknowledge it exists. Awesome match. Yep. 21 against Kurt Angle. It is a great match. It's one of those things that I never really got that invested in it. I don't know. I guess because it was kind of, I know the storyline was good with Sherry and Janetti, but I don't know. For some reason, I never really got that invested in that mania or that match. I don't know what it is, but it is a, a really, really good match. I, I don't know why. Just some reason it just didn't get with me as much as the Jericho match or the WrestleMania 20 three way. 
22 against Vince. Um, I mean, you can only do so much with Vince McMahon, especially in a hardcore match. But there are some really, really crazy and very, very cool spots inside of that match where like Vince is on a table shoved inside of a trash can. Yes. And yep, I mean, like elbow. that spot's insane. And that's what I remember coming out of WrestleMania well, 22. At anything, you know, you go into WrestleMania and you're involved with a McMahon, you're going right. to create, you're going to create moments. And to me, you know, when everyone's talking about, uh, you know, the work rate, the match inside of itself, I'm absolutely going to look at those things when, you know, I'm measuring the worth of anything in professional wrestling. But for me, I'm one of those guys where, yeah, I need, to, do I remember this build? Was I invested? Was I emotionally charged? Uh, it is, you know, you guys talk about some of these were, you know, great matches and all that, but going back to the Jericho one, I mean, I was so enthralled into that, in that story. I mean, they, they could have gone out there and done anything. I was going to buy into that. Uh, so, you know, those are things. To touch. So when you get a McMahon, you know, you're going to get the attention. They're going to look at the finer details and that's going to help sell that, that match inside of itself, no matter what you're doing. And it's going to create those moments. And I know you didn't like the Cena match, but I do think that's a good match. Good main event. Wasn't originally supposed to be the main event, but they changed it, made the main event. I thought it was a good match, good main event. A little bit of passing of the torch, obviously, really trying to cement Cena as the guy. And it's, a really, it's a really good John Cena match. Yes, excellent. Is it is it a passing of the torch, though, or maybe he hands off Mr. WrestleMania to John Cena? Well, I, I, I think that was kind of the idea. I don't think anybody could possibly expect that you're going to have flair undertaker undertaker. And then the triple H undertaker, you know, to round out the career of Shawn Michaels. I think there, there was a real possibility that they thought that 23 was going to be it. And it was supposed to be the passing of the torch to John Cena. Now, I guess you could say he handed the torch to John Cena and what did John Cena do with it? But that's a whole other podcast I, I that say, we've already done. Well, I say we, we do have Cena here on our list of candidates. Mm-hmm. So as you look, okay, that at 23 with HBK, correct? So what does what does Cena, if he's gonna if he takes the ball then, does it measure up of that being the passing of the torch? I mean, you look at some of these here, you know, he, he follows it up uh versus triple H and Orton. So we got the triple threat, then he's got the the edge and big show, which uh, I, I love that WrestleMania match. I thought that was tremendous. Uh, Batista, and of course you, you got everything going on with the Miz there, which was essentially more of a setup. We're setting up the year's storyline to go into, and I, I don't care, you know, if it was one that you particularly enjoyed or not. But I mean, we talk about the PR, the build up to this thing, uh, the, the matches with the Rock. Uh, I mean, those were blockbusters. Those are major marquee. What you got going on, and then you then you but start- was that because of John Cena? I think, well, I think I think he, he would have carried his, his fair share. I mean, obviously, you're with The Rock, who at that point has evolved beyond anything pro wrestling. I, I mean, mean, he's his I, own he's his own entity at that point. It, exactly. And, and so I, it, I did Cena carry his weight. Absolutely. But a lot more people were tuning in to see Dwayne than were tuning in to see the guy on the other side of the ring. It was a great star making. I mean, like John Cena wouldn't be where he is right now if it wasn't for those matches, if it wasn't for that rub from The Rock. And in that respect, Vince might hate him. True. Hey, I mean, we talk about those moments. I mean, it was a John Cena match where we got a guy on a freaking tank. How much bigger does it get than that, you know? Uh, Hey, Shawn Michaels never proposed to anybody at WrestleMania. Yeah, see... That's that work. That's where with Cena. So it worked out really, great for Cena. If you, <laughs> well, yeah. If you go through Cena's manias, so Michaels has had 17 of them. Cena had 15 of them. Obviously, still counting. He could still come back. He wasn't a part of this year. And he wasn't a part of 35. But just to go through it real quick. So he's had a lot of main events, but one less than Michaels. Michaels had six main events. John Cena's only at five because there's been wow. a bunch of years here. After The Rock, after those two matches where he main events wow. both nights, he hasn't had a main event since, and he hasn't even had an, an important match on the card, which is odd because yeah. you go from, let's say, 27 against The Miz was, was a main event in a loss with The Rock involved. Teasing the next year, which is 28, Rock, he gets the loss in the main event. Then 29, he gets his win back in New Jersey. 
he gets the big win in the main event, really kind of gets the rub and puts him on the map. Then the next year, beats Bray Wyatt. The following year, beats Rusev. Then with Nikki, defeats Miz and Maurice with the proposal thing. So they kind of made it a WrestleMania moment, but it wasn't really an important match on the card. Then the next year loses at 34 to The Undertaker. Wasn't a part of 35 except for... Um, some rap battle with Elias and then 36 he loses or really no contest with the fiend. So it's one of those things where it's like, wow, he really kind of after 29 hasn't been a big part of mania. And and if you're not a big part of mania, you're not the draw. I don't know if you could be considered Mr. WrestleMania, despite having five main events. I say, I think, I think he is a little bit of a stretch there for Mr. WrestleMania, but what's incredible there is you talk about the, the number of main events for him actually being the guy, the top guy for so long in the company that he wasn't in that spot. They're really looking at this here, you know, after that great, you know, that seemingly three year stretch of storytelling there with the rock, when he goes over on Bray Wyatt and then Rusev. Now I know there's always been quite a, you know, a great majority of detractors, John Cena, but it seems like right there is where people really start to sour on him because he's not helping to elevate that next crop. And he does it back to back, you know, with with talents that so many people, you know, thought you just start printing your own money with these guys. I mean, yeah. I, I understand the importance of the main event of WrestleMania. But to me, when I look at your matches that weren't the main events of WrestleMania, were they the matches that people were talking about coming out of WrestleMania? And I mean, when you look at Sean's main events, yeah, they're absolutely WrestleMania main events. But when you look at the matches that weren't main events and how good those matches were, how, how many times that was the best match on the show, I, I feel like Cena just gets absolutely buried by Shawn Michaels' career. If you look, how many good matches did he really have at Mania, if you really, really look, and by our scale of good matches, RBV said, Michaels, you would say eight. Maybe I would even go 11 for Michaels, which is a very high amount. Cena, when I really broke it down, one match, and it was against Michaels. <laughs> so it's like match quality-wise, he's not there. And I know people like the two matches against The Rock. It, they just weren't there for me. And I know they were important, and they had their moments. I know Rock got injured in one of them, so that kind of was a little unfortunate. But to me, I, I don't know, I, match quality-wise, they didn't quite do it for me. The, the thing with Cena and The Rock was the storytelling going into the matches and the stories told during the matches, not the matches themselves. Yeah. They were okay, but well, in the, I wouldn't write, write home about them, you know? You know, you could have that argument, though. Again, going back to what, you know, Bret Hart, members of the clique, you know, they've told you, pause. John Cena was one of those guys that wasn't just revving up for a certain portion of the season. I mean, you got John Cena... At John Cena's best all year long. Uh, it's just unfortunate that John Cena's best was close to Shawn Michaels' worst. Oh, mm. oh, man. Low blow, dude. No, work rate. I think John yeah. Cena would even admit to that. Yeah, I probably agree. But it's just interesting to me. So 15 WrestleManias, he's been around forever. Really, people keep saying, uh, WrestleMania 19, he was on the pre-show, guys. I know people said that. I know people from very popular websites have been talking about it. it was a pre-show. He's not a part of Mania. It doesn't count. He wasn't on it. So you start with WrestleMania 20 against the big show, 21 against JBL. JBL, that's kind of the star-making moment, but not the main event. Batista is the bigger star at this point. Batista gets the main yep. event. Then then they christened him the next year with the loss, or excuse me, the win against Triple H, then the win against Michaels. Then 24, when he makes his big comeback, He's not even in the main event. Edge Undertaker is the main event. So Tim versus Triple H versus Orton is like middle of the card, and it's weird. It's like, okay, this guy's such a big star. He's the guy. He's, he's the next um, <clears throat> Hogan. Excuse me. He's the next Austin, next Rock, whatever. Not even a part of that that WrestleMania main event. So, okay, maybe the next year. The next year, he's not a part of the main event with Edge and Big Show. The next year, it's one of the worst matches in, in, in main event history, Triple H against Orton, where they literally wrestle the match backwards and only have a, a short amount of time to get it done. So that was weird. 26 against Batista, again, not in the main event. So it was weird. He had a string there. It's one of the things that he's the guy, he's the company. Why the hell isn't he in the main event being the draw of the show? 
Well, we, we've talked about this when we, we sat down and had uh, kind of a little round table about John Cena's career. And really, what is John Cena's legacy? John Cena was the face of the company. The company made more money with John Cena on top than ever. But it, by every measurable fan interest metric, John Cena sucks. Right. Like, I mean, like that, that was kind of the dynamic. He was the corporate guy and he's the face of the company, but the hardcore fans, John Cena just kind of turned them off. John Cena never Rick is very, very big on the storytelling, right. And the characters going into these matches. And by that metric, John Cena was one of the very best. And I agree that that works 364 days out of the year. It doesn't work at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, I want to see the best quality matches. And John Cena was just never that guy. When you talk about that best quality match, to me, that doesn't have to necessarily mean moveset. I mean, John could get, he could invoke that, that emotion in you. That's what he was about either way. I, and I know it's you know, that, that cliche that people get so sick of hearing, get a reaction. Now, for WWE just to no-sell it is, oh, it's okay. You know, they swept it under the rug. He's getting a reaction. But that's what you truly want that. And John could do that. And he did it nonstop. And he would do it even in these in these mid-card, undercard, non-main event matches at WrestleMania. Let me ask you, ask you gentlemen this. And pause, I'll go with you on this first one. When did we get away at WrestleMania where it was, you know, the, the match, the moment after didn't come from the main event or your top stars weren't in, you know, your top guy wasn't in that main event. And because you had that, you know, in our early years of watching wrestling, it was all about that. You had that main event. Everything was sold on that. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe something going one other match going on. If it was like, you know, like Savage and Steamboat at, you know, at three or something that the warrior was doing though, you know, the intercontinental title situation would be like that pretty down the list, second tier, now you've got these, they, they kind of build as these, what, four or five co-main events. Hmm. When, when did that really, you know, did you guys feel that that really switched over? I'm, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, is it, Russell, is it WrestleMania 8? When you, when you put the, you don't close with the heavyweight championship? I was thinking 8 as well, because if you think about it, you had uh, Savage Flair, but obviously Hogan Sid, but then you had Brett Piper on the undercard. Mm. So that WrestleMania nine for sure. So it's like that era feels like it's like the Brett Michaels coming of age, that era where they started changing things around. You know, it's funny too, with just to quickly mention this too. It's like, okay, you can have a great match kind of anywhere in the card. Is it memorable? Cena has one of the biggest memorable matches as far as it being the worst match ever versus the Miz. <laughs> that match is so damn bad. My buddy keeps always mentioning, he goes, I hope, hope this main event isn't as bad as, as, as Cena versus Miz. So it's like, you you know what I mean? You create memories like, oh, in the undercard, you can have this great match. You could also have a stinker of a main event and people will never forget it. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's fair. That, that is absolutely fair. Um, and this is another one I'm going to give to HBK over anybody. Because I challenge anybody to find me a better WrestleMania moment than I love you, I'm sorry, super kick. I mean, it, it, it's up there. It's up there. It's awesome. Yeah. It, but but I mean, to think about the match, right? Like, Ric Flair had no business having that match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. I mean, like, the quality of that match, Ric Flair had no business having that match. Well, that you got one of the greatest arguably the greatest of all time beaching down right. no matter how if it was just running on fumes he was going to the, anything that was left in that tank you were getting his absolute greatest and he knew it and, but so, i will i will fight anybody that the greatest spot in the history of professional wrestling is i love you i'm sorry super kick that was great that was great you know um was that ever uh, a t-shirt it seems like it's like a incredibly missed opportunity yeah. for yeah. for merchandising you know, PJ, just incredible to do a show with, he had mentioned to me that he thought Flair kind of carried Michaels a little bit in the match. And he's the biggest Michaels fan. Like, I mean, he, they're buddies and all sorts of stuff. He was saying that Flair was trying to slow him down. If you notice, because there are a few points in the match where he does a couple like flips out of nowhere and jumps off the rope kind of out of nowhere. 
And Flair says Michaels carried him. And I know that's like kind of the the the, the thing that everyone says and the companies that match is that oh Michaels carried that old man. But he was saying Flair was slowing him hey, down, making it more emotional. I, and like, I would that. agree with that. And he's I saying believe that, that. He didn't, and he's saying he didn't like those two flips because they didn't fit in the match. And I said, Yeah, I, I, I kind of see it being the high spots, and you kind of need that in today's wrestling, but even that point, today's wrestling. I think, I know the, that, I think the years. problem was Sean felt he had to overcompensate for, for him being older. Yeah, that Rick couldn't do anymore, and Rick realized it doesn't matter. We don't need that shit. because he, he went to traditional philosophies, right. the yep. fundamentals, and and he knew it didn't need to, the match didn't need to be this overwhelming, you know, per, you know, technical perfection inside the ring. Flair knew, and that's I loved it the statement that actually flair carried that because he knew this was about that emotion as strong as you, you know, you're talking about, you know, the I love you. Super kick. It was about that. And that build, you slowly get there. You don't need all these big spots, all this, this flash is no pun intended flair. It was about that, that moment, that raw emotion is what you got out of that. And you got to think about too dance partners, like who you're working with, that could play a, a big factor. Michaels had some great dance partners. Obviously, that was like the build, and they wanted that to be the the, the crescendo to, to this great feud and this great robbery and stuff. Sometimes like they handed Cena some guys that just like, I don't know, Bray Wyatt's not really known for having great matches. The Miz, maybe more so now, and, and he could maybe be a little better, but he's not really known as being a guy can have great matches. Rusev, not really known. So sometimes it's like taking blood from a stone. You know what I mean? It sometimes can be a little I think, hard. I think Miz is so damn underrated at how freaking good he is because I tell you what, when you watch the pacing of a Miz match. Thank you. Thank you. Oftentimes it is the best match on the card. I feel like at 27 though, he wasn't hitting his stride. Oh, now, no, I talking agree about the that. bad bunny stuff. Like he was great right. and he's been great, but 27, I feel like he was almost a little too soon for him being the champ. It's like they put so much WWE stink on the Miz over the course of the years that we just can't acknowledge that the Miz is in fact awesome. And I love his feud with Daniel Bryan because it's like the polar opposite of two guys you would think would be good in the ring together, and they're just great together. Yeah, then I, you th you throw in the fact like, okay, this guy's wife is Maurice. It's like this guy, you know, he's maybe he's a little underrated in life in general. Look at this guy. I'll tell yes. you what he couldn't do. He couldn't beat the RPV in beer pong. Yes, <laughs> back Miami <laughs> University, the stadium, baby. My last interaction with the Miz, we knocked him out of the beer pong tournament at, at, at SOB. And you know, the nice. greatest thing to me about Miz is he has the most punchable face. Like yeah. you just, you want to punch that guy in the face. Like, remember when they tried the Miz baby face turn here, not too long ago, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't work. You, you, the Miz has a punchable face. He cannot be a baby face. He's one of those guys you can like, you secretly like because you just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who else we got here, Paz? Uh, now, I wanted to mention. I wanted to quickly mention this to you guys. This will just be part one because there is so much to cover. I feel like we're oh, gonna nice. have to have okay. both of you guys come back. So, um, so I'm sorry. So we don't we talk a lot. No, just because I want to really get a deep dive. I don't want to kind of go quick in anything. I feel like a guy that needs to be mentioned before we start mentioning all the other guys. Michaels is like the perfect guy to start with. Cena, we had to mention him because of the Michaels tie-in, because of his rock matches and stuff. But the guy who I think is Mr. WrestleMania, because there would be no WrestleMania without this guy, the immortal Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he, Without Hogan, the WWF, and I know Vince, oh, I would have put this guy in this place. Without Hogan, this thing doesn't exist. You have Piper, you have Orndorff, you have Andre, Eventually, you get Savage in. You got Stud. You got all these awesome guys. Yes, they're all great. You put Hogan at the top of the mountain, everyone falls into the correct spot. Take Hogan off. You start putting Piper at the top. Everyone's out of whack. Everyone's out of order. You need Hogan, and he created Mania to me. Rock and wrestling would be nothing without Hogan. Wrestling would be nothing without Hogan as modern-day wrestling. He's the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Now I'm starting to do Hollywood Hogan, but he's the Babe Ruth of wrestling. If you think about this, he is a part of in some way, shape, or form, the first nine WrestleMania main events. Not only is he a part of the main event, he is the draw. He is the reason why people are watching this. He is the guy. I think Hogan is Mr. WrestleMania. And then 18, and 19, 18 and 19, he's not the main event, but he is the draw. He's the 
the poster guy. If you look at a poster WrestleMania 18, it's icon versus icon. It's not Triple H against Jericho in a terrible match where half the audience is walking out. It is icon versus icon. 19 is who created WB, Vince or or um, the Hulkster. I know Austin Rock is great. And obviously, HBK, Jericho steals the show. But the whole thing, Schwarzenegger interviewing him and all those other guys was about Hogan and Vince. So to me, Hogan is Mr. WrestleMania. RBV? I know Jargo is jumping at the bit, but I know I say um, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll keep the chain on the dog a little bit longer here. That's why that's why I had to laugh because I knew we were going to get to this name here. Uh, we've got Paz, the the ultimate Hulkamaniac, still yes. to this day, yes. still true to his heart. Jargo on the other side. I don't know if there's an individual out there that despises the Hawkster more <sighs> than Michael Jargo. So this is going to be entertaining. Hey. It, I do want to say this, Paz. Obviously, you know, Hulkamania was beginning to run wild in the AWA before WrestleMania, but you're right. I mean, it was WrestleMania that that gave it that stage, and, and it, it helped out. They elevated each other. The brands, the WWF at the time, Hulkamania, they rivaled each other. I do want to say, though, you're giving Hogan all this credit for creating WrestleMania. I want to go back to WrestleMania three and give what I believe is the true credit. We wouldn't have WrestleManias as we know them today without Andre the Giant. And what he did in just that moment, taking that slam, taking that loss, and really how that put over the business and put over the spectacle of WrestleMania. But obviously, as you said, up to WrestleMania 9, the first decade of this thing, Hogan's he's out there in the spotlight of the main event in some fashion. And we, and we you know, as we're going through the Shawn Michaels, maybe he wasn't in the close. How many main events was he in? These shows... They were sold on Hulkamania. The the 24-inch Pythons carried WrestleMania for 10 years. And then when he left, you could say it almost buried WrestleMania. Uh, and still, even when he's not with the company, he has an impact on their grandest show. A, a great argument to be made for, you know, Hulk Hogan in that sense. Yeah. He's the focal point. Eight eight main events, focal point, I wrote down, of 11 shows. So, Hey, you know, going back to, to WrestleMania 4, that's what I really turned on Hulk Hogan. I was always a little warrior, <laughs> but I remember sitting there watching yeah. it like, dude, get out of Macho Man's way. This is his moment. You're over there hugging his girl. You got her up on your shoulder. You know, and he's Busted the guy that just ran, ran through this tournament. Sullivan think- always says that it's a rib, that he just has to get one over on Savage no matter what. It's got to be some sort of rib. Hogan must pose, right? Hogan yes. must pose. Uh, so I will try to be objective because Rick is right. I think Hulk Hogan is, you know, the the all lying scum of the earth. Um, but I, I will I will try to be objective. Okay. And the problem with Hogan is number one, I don't really count the first two. Uh, because to me, like the, the real birth of WrestleMania is WrestleMania three Hogan versus Andre like that. That's what really put WrestleMania on the map. Like the, the whole, like, what about about all the crossover appeal in the first two? I mean, there was a lot of crossover. You had major sporting stars that saw this thing. They want to be a part of this. Absolutely. But I'm talking as far as WrestleMania becoming WrestleMania, what WrestleMania becoming like this, this huge mainstream spectacle that we have come to know it as to me really starts with WrestleMania three. Okay. And, and, and absolute credit to Hogan going to WrestleMania three Hogan and Andre just the immovable force and unmovable object and all that absolutely well-deserved, right? The problem is when you go to the quality of the matches that Hogan can't begin to hold the candle to several of the guys that I'm sure that we're going to talk about over the course of, of these two episodes. And while I realize that to people like Rick, that doesn't matter to me, it does matter at WrestleMania. The, the rest of the time I can get away with, yeah, okay, cool, great story, bad finish, whatever. WrestleMania to me is is that exception. And part of that is just because of the work rate of so many guys on the undercard. I mean, like, I don't think I ever was looking forward to a Hulk Hogan match at WrestleMania. Like, there was other stuff that I was looking forward to. Like, I was looking forward to the story that they're going to tell with Hulk Hogan. But even as a kid, I was just like, Hogan matches are boring. 
They just, they, it's just Hogan matches suck. And it really, it wasn't until WrestleMania five where I felt differently. And I'm now old enough to realize that was because of macho man. I was super invested in WrestleMania six ultimate warrior versus Hulk Hogan before I found out that the ultimate warrior might be a worse human being than Hulk Hogan ever was, but you know, <laughs> and now to go back and watch it, that match is freaking awful. I mean, just by, by what Steve, are oh, you crazy? Rick, when's the are last you time you watched that match? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Last, last oh. week I was on a watch along. Oh. oh, that match is awful. Oh, no, we were on a watch along for seven. But yeah, I just recently, I just watched it. Yeah, last I watched week. it recently too. Oh, my God. I love it. I was I so disappointed it. going back into like the time capsule. Like maybe I just can't put myself okay. in like, uh, you pause. know, nine year old me's like body to watch pause, that. Pause match. and I each had that uh, as yeah. a coin flip for our one or two. Oh, I love that uh, for, oh, you know, ultimate match. I love the build. I and love the finish. The build. Too. That's, the that's finish what it's about. Not for me, and you're, it never you're an was. Absolute work, right? You're a, you're a work rate I, jerk. Absolutely, <laughs> I completely am. I mean, even at WrestleMania six, I knew like the Rockers match is probably going to be the best match on the show. You know what I mean? And, and to be like Hogan, and then but more so to continue with Hogan after WrestleMania six. To me, that's when Hogan overstayed his welcome. Seven, eight, nine to me is is kind of the demise of hulk hogan it was it was the end of hulkamania brother like that's when people really started turning on hogan much like when we were talking about cena you know going over on rusev it was just like why does hogan have to be in the main event there's there's all these other guys that i'd much rather see but wrestlemania 7 they love the hulkster they literally had it to get the title off warrior because they needed hulkster back because they needed an injection that match i think it's kind of underrated i like hogan slaughter the crowds for the first part of the match is insanely into it then it kind of dissipates and they get back back into it but i don't know i i and if you watch eight the crowd is loving hogan against sid they're loving hulkster and then nine when he beats yoko that pop is nuts so oh. they still loved hulk i just i i even going way back, man. I guess I just I, I think it Jared, is one of those Hulk Hogan. It's, as Paz is saying though, as we're sitting here now, you know, decades later, 2021, it that revisionist, it's easier to sit back and say this is where he should have gone. You go back and you look at the numbers, you look at the market research, that audience that, that WWF crowd okay. was still hot for Hogan. Okay, but by that standard, if you want to look at the market research, you want to put talk about like asses putting seats and and whatnot. John Cena blows Hogan out of the water. I mean, because it was Cena, they're running hundred thousand person stadiums. You know what I mean? No, it's just no, I, I'm it's, about, I can't I can't put about, Hogan I'm not in the physicals. context. I'm not talking about you know physical I mean? financials. You're looking at the demand. Uh, so if you if you just look at the scope without the you know influx of seating arenas ticket prices things like that but you see a decline in their house show stuff when hogan's not on the show not on the top back then people were still hungry for that and you still but, look at the units of merchandise the the, the problem Cena wasn't still, a draw to me Cena wasn't the draw of the show literally me my friends everybody we only would really want to watch because hulkster's match i know i'm a few years younger than you guys but we were so invested in the hulkster he was the draw Cena was never the guy where he was like, oh, he's the draw of the show. I think it was more the whole company was more the draw. Hogan was the most important to me. It was like, I only cared about the Warrior match. I only cared about the Savage match. I want to see him beat Slaughter, uh, even though I was happy Slaughter beat Warrior, by the way, or RBV, you know that. Um, you know, I wanted to see him versus Rock. I wanted to see him versus Vince. Like, I was only interested in him a lot of times. It, but I, I feel like you, you hit on something in that little diatribe there. Hogan might be the most important person in WrestleMania history. Hmm. I don't think he's Mr. WrestleMania. I feel like those are two completely different things. Well, let's, let's put it this way, though. Let's say that you took any given poster uh, of, a, of a card, a WrestleMania, that's involving Hulk Hogan in his spot and Shawn Michaels. Okay? Now, let's remove the term, the title, WrestleMania. And the only thing that's there is Hulk Hogan or Shawn Michaels. Which one's getting more attention? Which one's going to sell more? Hulk. What's going to have more appeal? Hulk. Hulk. Blows him away. Blows him out of the water. I just feel like there are so many other metrics that go into being Mr. WrestleMania that Hogan just, he doesn't even begin 
to hold the candle to Shawn Michaels. Let's go kayfabe wise for a second. Eight, three, and one in WrestleMania, eight main events, focal point really of 11. Kayfabe wise, like you said, importance level, he definitely blows Michaels out of the war. Sometimes you didn't really realize, like, oh shit, Michaels is wrestling this. To me, anyway, it's like, oh shit, I forgot Michaels is wrestling. Like Jericho's like, oh, this is awesome. It's his return. But I was even more focused on Vince versus Hulk. Again, I, I feel like those are two completely different things. I mean, because what was the match that people were talking about coming out of it? It wasn't Vincent Hulk. Yeah, that's that's there. one situation. Though. We there look at is. all of Hulk Hogan's WrestleManias, uh, a lot more than not, the match, the moments, the big moments they're talking about after WrestleMania were the Hulkster. Uh, especially in that, you know, taking away when he returned to the, mm-hmm. well, the only, I, I would sit there and maybe argue, we look at those WrestleManias, uh, obviously going back to three, as great as Steamboat and Savage was, you're talking about the body slam. Right. Uh, yep. As you go forward on those things, as much as it seemed to irk people, uh, even later, you know, smart fans about his last there at, at nine, you were still talking about him getting in there and him beating Yokozuna and taking that title. That was still with the talking point. That was still yeah, the memory. But that's the first time that I remember the company getting heat, though. Like, I, I, I felt like all the heat was misplaced there. Like, people were genuinely pissed off at the WWE for doing that. I do I remember that. Because I mean, that's when you you had some, the beginnings, really, of the message boards. And, mm-hmm. you know, more of a, a, a public open forum for wrestling. Uh, and there was heat back then. I do remember that. But you're still talking about it. And as I said, there was still a, a hunger for the Hulkster there. I mean, even maybe at Mania 6, that I felt like there was a lot more little warriors than there were little Hulksters. Like, I, I, maybe that was the turning point for me. But they're still know, talking about it. That's the match. That's the moment. Yeah, And I feel like Vince but probably thought moment? that too, but... They go right back to the Hulkster because it, the Warrior, all the guys say too, the money wasn't there that it was there for the Hulkster when the Hulkster was on top. Oh well, I, I'm I'm not trying to make a case that you know they oh. should have stuck with the Ultimate Warrior. I'm I'm just saying, like <laughs> to me, like the the moment at WrestleMania six, aside from Hogan having to interject and get himself over to present Warrior with the titles. Well, that's the, that's your that's that's that. Well, no, that's just Hogan and his fucking ego is what that is. They were but, telling but him, the moment, telling him in the back because you got to have him there. You want that Hogan still? They in were that trying to run. transfer that's Hulkamania your Hogan, that's your to Hogan the Warrior. Pose that's moment the right there. Yep, yeah. but 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 the moment of wrestlemania 6 is is warrior up on the second turnbuckle with both belts i mean like it, it's not about hogan it's but about that, warrior. You, you remember you know him taking that long ride out you know the sweat and you know the the balding hair sticking out you know clown hair he's you know kind of no, what i can't believe it happened to him that's one of those memories from that show one of my memories from that show is warrior running all the way to the ring down that ridiculously long and turning ramp and being blown up as shit. By the time the match even started, he's hey, huffing he and puffing during the intros. He tried sprinting for a quarter mile. I know it was ridiculous. <laughs> that was crazy. That that's like WrestleMania 70. You should have just walked. It took the, uh, the cart back right? to the ring. There was no, no need for that. Uh, to me though, the Hulkster, there may be no WrestleMania. We may not even be talking about WrestleMania had it not been for the Hulkster. I mean, the most important people in WrestleMania history, number one, Vince McMahon. Number two, Hulk Hogan. Number three is probably Andre. I mean, because Mm -hmm. just that moment at WrestleMania three, but I, I wouldn't call Vince Hogan or Andre quote unquote, Mr. WrestleMania. So as far as Hogan, I, I know everyone loves Savage Steamboat, obviously, WrestleMania 3, but I put Andre Hogan just for the monumental factor and just for it being such a huge match. It's just epic, if you think about it. Hogan-Andre. I mean, they still play to the day, to this day, leading into all the videos of the slam. Then they play the video, or it'll be a part of some hype video. To me, that trumps everything. That's just the, one of the biggest many matches. So I, I put it on my great match list, even if Meltzer says it's shitty and you know, he, Oh, it's negative five. Oh, but I'll change it to one star. Cause it's has such a historical, what I mean, whatever bullshit he, he was saying about it, the match is just unbelievable for the fact that everyone remembers the slam, the leg drop and the pin. The, the, the problem with that match is not even Hogan. The problem with that match is Andre can barely freaking move. Yeah. 
you know, but the, the Hogan would tell you that it was all his brilliance because he sat down and he wrote it all out and he pitched it all to Andre and he wasn't sure if Andre was going to go for it or not. He was really, really scared about it, but then they got in the ring and Andre did it exactly like Hogan told him to. And it's just, man, just even hearing Hogan tell the story of that match just makes me want to puke in my freaking mouth. Bitter old Jargo. I am. So WrestleMania never was a Hulkamaniac. Never. Huge Hulkamaniac. WrestleMania five. I feel like he stole the show with Savage. I mean, just the best match to me on that card. WrestleMania six. I gave him the best match with Warrior. I love that match. Like we mentioned before, WrestleMania 18 against the rock is the match of the night. I know people love Undertaker Flair, but I'll give it to uh, that one. And then WrestleMania 19, I know there's a couple of good matches. Angle Lesnar's good. HBK Jericho maybe stole the show. But to me, Hogan Vince was awesome, especially throwing Piper in there, especially with that camera shot of him bleeding and then Vince peeking his head out. Just to me, I, I, Hogan Vince was, was great on that show. Very, very memorable. So the Hulkster, to me, is Mr. Ray WrestleMania. I know you're saying it's two different things, the importance level, but so far uh, on this part one, we got HBK, who's making a very, very strong case to reclaim his title as Mr. WrestleMania. John Cena, who we pretty much guarantee will come nowhere even close to that, unless he starts <laughs> racking up some more main events. And then the Hulkster, who we're kind of at an impasse here, we're kind of a disagreement. He might be Mr. WrestleMania, but he also might be the most important figure in WrestleMania behind Vince. If, if only... You know, John Cena could have had the Money in the Bank match in 2011 if only that had been moved to WrestleMania, right? Mm. He could have had one of those matches, but and it's no. weird that that Punk match that they had on Raw that they hit the pal driver and they won all out and just another awesome match with Punk and Cena was not the main event of Mania. They went with Miz. Very weird, right? Yeah, I just just think doing Punk and Cena in the main event of WrestleMania at that point. And just what it would have even meant to the fans to see those two guys in the and, main and then event with that of crossover with the Rock in there, you know, the involvement. Yeah. I mean, you 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 really hate to say real this to missed Miz. opportunity. Hate to say this, you know, for the Miz, tremendous career, great hand to have, but man, he, we're we're changing the whole trajectory uh, from that point forward. For yeah. I think I mean, hell, it could have it could have a PC on Punk, you know, maybe it was a he would have broke down and said screw this and took off a couple years later. But I, I do got to tell you guys that uh, a great first session here for discussion. Shawn Michaels uh, still maybe out there in front looking to retain retain that Mr. WrestleMania. Cena, as great as he was, like Paz says, out of the consideration. But, man, strong cases there for the Hulkster. Uh, yeah. A lot to consider. But we still got some big names, man. I, yeah, I, I can't wait to get in and talk about, well, Savage, that's who I was leaning towards. I can't wait to break that down, but yep. then we still gotta we still gotta talk about Shawn Michaels' greatest rivalry in the ring reality, Bret Hart. I mean, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, so the next part, part two, we'll definitely be talking about Macho Man Randy Savage, who's kind of a bit of a wild card, but I'm gonna make a very strong case for him. Bret the Hitman Hart, another guy I'm gonna make a very, very strong case for. Uh just to kind of a guy to throw out there. Um, just because he's had five main events in, in his short run so far in WWE. Not really short. He's been there for eight years. But Roman Reigns is ready in five main events already. Just wanted to kind of bring him up and, and talk about him. Just because that's like, wow, holy shit. Five, he already tied Cena? And Cena's had how many more uh, WrestleMania matches than him? So that's going to be just something to bring up. Definitely want to talk about The Rock. Definitely want to talk about Steve Austin. Definitely want to talk about the ultimate warrior. I know he didn't have many matches. I just want to throw some really interesting points out there about warrior. And then of course, arguably the biggest name out there that we haven't discussed yet. The undertaker. So just, uh, you've got a pretty big uh, part two coming up. Hell Looking man. I, it's as you're laying this out, I, I feel like, you know, this is going to be like, uh, the series that Rick and I did a, a little over a year ago about the last dance. Like this is going to be like a five part <laughs> series at this point. I know now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, wow, we got the three, three names in and <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and then we still have like, uh, how many, we have seven names up. So we might, might have to be into a part three or maybe even a part four, but we'll get to all of them, but we want to definitely take time on each guy and really kind of dive into it and really figure out who is Mr. WrestleMania and not go quick and just throw it out there. So before we go, 
Let's go into the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com. And of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. RBV, what do you got? Well, Pazzo, kick it back to you real quick. Why don't you let them know what they can get this month over on the Two Man Power Trip Empire Patreon? Ooh, what we got yeah, coming good, up? Some good University of Dutch unreleased before so some good stuff from dutch some great stuff from dr tom taking you to school some taskmaster talk stuff with kevin sullivan some pro wrestling 101 with just incredible pj Blocko, and of course the vault got some great great interviews in there some just legendary names you'll be shocked to see who we've interviewed before and it'll all be a part of the tmpt vault plus a huge huge uh q a at the end of the month vince russo will be joining us for this one it is going to be 429 uh, which is Thursday, April 29th at a 11 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a little late one, but with a reason, because we're going to get a little uncensored. We're going to have all attitude for this one. Vince Russo, April 29th, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on Patreon, patreon.com slash Empire. I actually got kicked out of a group the other day. Uh, they were in there. They were, you know, it, it's, it so often happens. You know, he was Russo, Mr. Russo, getting some heat. Uh, they're in there downgrading his importance and what he brought to the Attitude Era. And I simply, I, I took our graphic and I replied, I bet you ain't got the balls to say it to his face. <laughs> I put the graphic in there <laughs> and they banned me from the group. Oh. They kicked me out of the group. So we won't be advertising there anymore. Uh, but I got to pop out of that. Uh, but pause, you know, the plugs here for, you know, the two man power trip partner uh, that where you can find Jargo and myself, the Hameen Media Group. We're still uh, we're kind of still floating in limbo. If I know those people out there looking for your locker rooms, your review shows, your conspiracy horsemen, uh, we are still uh, fighting the fight against censorship at Podbeam. But hey, uh, we, we have other landing pages that you can find us and do a search for uh, Hameen Media Group or Ben Hameen on YouTube. You can catch most of the content there in video form. Or you can head on over to patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group where we are uploading free, yes, free content. You can get your locker rooms, your reviews there, your conspiracy horsemen for the time being uh, until we settle on a new home. I encourage you to, to purchase one of the tiers uh, especially the FR podcast with Rip Rogers. If you want those those true, over-the-top, hey, fundamental, outlandish, Cornette-S takes, uh, Rip is your guy. Uh, you want to check that out. But we do have the free stuff there on the Hami Media Group Patreon. Uh, for myself, you can find me at Michael Jargo at hittingthemarks.com. Uh, for our our little family of shows, a little variety, we got some horror, we got wrestling, and the potpourri, the the marquee, the headliner over there, of course, is me and Jargo with the Hitting the Marks podcast. Or just keep up with me personally across all social media at the Real RBV. Jargo, this is why I I shortened everything. You can get all things Jargo now at MichaelJargo.com, uh, where I have links to everything. Uh, so whether it be hitting the marks, Destino, Hami Media, uh, Two Man Power Trip will probably be up there now. Turnbuckle Talk. I'm 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 kind of like you know the ratchet of podcasting at this point. I just go around kind of in a circle and hit everybody. Um, yeah, just MichaelJargo.com. It seems like I'm always recording something at this point. So love it. Thank you guys uh, for joining us and everyone out there. Join us next week for part two of Who Is. Mr. WrestleMania. You think I'm coming back? I ain't coming back. I'm going to come back here and argue with you. Did did you lose your smile? (laughs) See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.